All right, welcome everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where forget about strawberry picking season. How about Julian Strother picking season? What? Oh, it's because Julian Strother is a shooter. And today we'll be talking about the top shooters who could be available for the Lakers at number 17. Although this is probably the most we'll be talking about Julian Strother, but... (sighs) Anyways, welcome to our spotlight on the shooters in the 2023 NBA Draft episode. I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Tommy Alexander. And in this podcast episode, we will be examining three to four of the top shooters in the 2023 NBA Draft who could be had at the Lakers' number 17 pick range. So, Tommy, the Lakers are in a rare space here where, you know, they made a run to the Western Conference Finals, but... They also have a draft pick that's right outside of the lottery at number 17. Usually teams that make it to the Western Conference Finals are top four seeds in their conference and have picks in the 20s. But this year, the Lakers have the luxury of building upon their turnaround success. I guess, how do you feel about that? And your thoughts on this draft being a pretty important open window for the Lakers in terms of how they shape the next season and beyond? It is interesting because although, uh, you know, we had a lot of success and so it's like, oh, you add a first round pick, especially like someone barely outside of the lottery to that, like that could be huge. And I think it it could be huge. And I think there are some guys we're going to talk about who could be year one rotation players. But I think like if you really the interesting thing, right, and we're going to get into this probably is like if you really want to maximize the pick and you're, you know, like you just mentioned, like opening that window like further down the line um it you could make a strong argument that the pick is probably not going to help us that much next year um because some of these guys are that we're going to talk about are pretty raw um but it it, it's nice right and i'm I'm really interested to see like how they balance that like sure thing uh first year impact versus who has the most like just raw potential moving forward Yeah, for sure. And if you want to get more into our draft philosophy takes and whether we think the Lakers will keep this pick or should keep this pick, again, check out our intro to the 2023 NBA Draft podcast episode a few episodes back. Just check our queue. Um, Yeah, I agree with you. I think in this draft from picks number 12 to 35, I actually like a whole slew of guys in that range for the Lakers. So whether they stay at number 17 or move down a little bit, it, it almost doesn't matter what position you throw at me. I think there are a lot of prospects that I'm intrigued by at every position. So if you throw out a particular prospect's name to me, it doesn't matter whether if he's a guard or a wing or a tweener wing, and the Lakers end up picking that guy, it wouldn't take too long for me to talk myself into that player or be sold. Because I think this draft, and I know we say this every year, but this draft in particular is very deep. And there are a lot of prospects to be had, again, from the 12 all the way up to the 40 range, I think. It's just about, you know, finding those diamonds in the roughs. And so, yeah, in summary, my take on this draft right now is I like a whole slew of them, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers took any one prospect, even given the fact that wing is a clear need and a, and the center spot big man is a clear need, even though that template of player is a little bit lacking in this particular draft with regards to bigs. But yeah, today we are not going to be talking about bigs. We are going to focus in on a particular group of prospect in this year's draft. So, Tommy, do you like it when players shoot a basketball and then the basket goes into the hoop most of the time? In the sport of basketball, I do like that outcome. 
Great, because today we're going to be talking about shooters in the 2023 NBA draft. Ayo, let's go. Hey. <laughs> All right, so we're going to be talking about three prospects. I do have two honorable mentions. So I want to cover who most people consider to be the best pure shooters in this draft, who may be in the Lakers range. I am not including Grady Dick in this uh, section just because he has consistently been mocked like in the top 10, and I don't think he's going to yeah. fall to the Lakers range. But if Grady Dick was there, then yeah, let's get the next Kyle Korver, right? But we are going to be talking about three other guys who are considered some of the best shooters in the NCAA who may fall to the Lakers number 17 all the way down to the 30 range. Two guys that we're not going to be going in depth on that I want to quickly mention would be Bryce Sensabaugh. He's six foot six. I call him THT with a legitimate pure shot. I also think he's been somewhat ranked higher than the than where the Lakers are at at number 17, but he is also a good three-point shooter. I think he shot 40% in college, but he's more of an on-ball creator and scorer. So there's Bryce Sensabaugh. And then someone who may go later in the draft who's been consistently mocked like late first, early second, but has also been deemed one of the best shooters in college would be Julian Strother. He's six foot seven. Pure shooter, can really stroke it. Kind of reminds me of Jordan Nora a bit coming out of college. Um, but yeah, this is a guy who also may rise once he gets more workouts in with different teams. So those are honorable mention dudes. Now I want to focus on some of the shooters with more pedigree who have been continually mocked in the 13 to 25 range. So let's start, Tommy, with Jordan Hawkins. 21 years old, six foot five out of UConn movement shooter, won an NCAA championship this past year, if you were following March Madness. So he's a proven winner, all of those types of uh, qualifiers or platitudes. Jordan Hawkins, in his last year in college, averaged 16 points, four rebounds, one assist, 0.7 steals, 0.5 blocks, 39% from three, hitting 2.9 a game. It's amazing. Yes. He has insane shooting ability coming off of screens. People have called him the best movement shooter in college. Picture-perfect mechanics. And then the other thing to Jordan Hawkins is he's deceptively athletic, actually. When you give him space, he'll all of a sudden yam it on people. And defensively, especially in transition, he'll all of a sudden jump for these crazy weak side blocks. So he also has some defensive upside to him. So he's not just strictly a pure three-point shooter. Um, yes. I don't think he does very much else with regards to on-ball creation for himself. But no, with regards to being a movement shooter, also having defensive potential, and being a good finisher, I like what Jordan Hawkins brings at 6'5". I would almost describe him as if you took J.J. Redick and fused Avery Bradley together, there's Jordan Hawkins. But yeah, what are your thoughts on Jordan Hawkins? My only concerns with him, Tommy, is the fact that he's 6'5", but he seems smaller than 6'5", and he's also slighter he's in slight. frame. Yeah. yeah. So, but what are your thoughts on Hawkins? I mean, the defensive upside, I think, is intriguing to me, more so than the other prospects we're going to talk about, I think, in this section. I think, you know, as Kobe said, what do shooting guards do? They shoot and they guard. Um, and given that, <laughs> I'd say, I'd say Hawkins... Hawkins is the most shooting guardiest shooting guard in our range um, because he does play some defense. I think, you know, you mentioned the elite movement shooting. I like that he seeks threes in transition and he just releases very quickly at odd angles. And I mean, he's a sniper. Um, 
I think he can he does compete defensively. He has a six seven wingspan. Um, but you kind of have to think about him as like, and this is like the comp I guess I would use for him as sort of a a more a more slight KCP. Um, mm. You know, he's about six four, six five, so bigger wings. He can, so he has the six seven wingspan, so like he can kind of switch on to a wing if if it if the situation calls for it. But like elite wings are just going to shoot right over the top. Um, yeah. You know, he does block a lot of shots for a guard, which is interesting in. Darvin Ham's defensive schemes, which sort of, you know, require the guards to fight over screens and contest from the side on jump shooters. I think we saw with Pat Bev this past season how that could lead to, you know, a lot of blocks on the perimeter. Um, He does stay in front of guys, but I think, you know, the flaws... They do scare me a little bit. I, mm-hmm. what, is, what does he do when he gets chased off the three-point line? He's going to come into the NBA, and everyone is going to be playing him to shoot threes. That's his, by far his mm-hmm. best strength. In college, he was pretty weak finishing at the rim. He did not finish very well with his runner. Um, he, like you mentioned, you know, he's, he's not really a creator, right? So he's probably not going to be like an Austin Reeves type of combo guard who can get past guys on the perimeter and make a play. He's more of like a true shooting guard. I mean, you've, you mentioned like, you know, among the best college movement shooters, but I, I actually, you know, to stick to the three, true shooting guard thing, I saw a stat somewhere and I would have to double check this, right? But apparently his assist percentage in college was lower than either Kyle Korver or JJ Reddick's in college, mm. and, you know, which is like pretty crazy, um, especially in the case of Reddick. Um, I think the biggest question mark for me is going to be, is he ever going to be able to develop the strength to do what he wants to do on both ends in the NBA? KCP, who I used as my comp, right? Like, was eventually able to develop that strength. I mean, it took him time, but he got there. And my main concern with Hawkins is he's going to be taken out of games, like, way too easily if he doesn't you know, if he uh, if he can't hit a jumper, because I think he's going to get bullied a little bit by more physical guards. And I think if he's being, you know, tracked very tightly on the perimeter, which he's not going to fool anyone. Right. Like Matt Ryan came in off the street, literally, and opposing teams were like tracking him on the perimeter. So what is he going to be able to do? Um, that's the concern I have uh, when when people take away the three. Yeah, I agree with you, because if he can't be a defensive player, Tommy, then he's just Jody Meeks, maybe, like a better shooting Jody Meeks. But that's why I bring up Avery Bradley as a comp, because Avery Bradley was like a 6'2 guard who was also athletic and also did some crazy put-back dunks and stuff in his earlier days, but found a way to be very physical and relentless as a point-of-attack defender. If Jordan Hawkins can emulate some of that, plus keep his J.J. Redick, Seth Curry-like shooting, then that's a real NBA player that can stick on both ends, who can fill a slot very easily as a plug-and-play sort of guy, right? So it'll be interesting to see how he develops, but he does seem like the type of guy who can plug-and-play for a competitive team fairly easily if he can withstand the physicality of the NBA. All right, so why don't we take a break here? And after the turn, we'll get into some more intriguing shooter prospects. So stay tuned. Nice buns. Soft, fluffy, and ultra-low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra-low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. 
Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, let's move on to Michigan prospect. Jet Howard, 20 years old, 6'8". He is the son of Juwan Howard. I don't have to tell you the ties with Michigan and Rob Palenka and the Fab Five, but there it is right there. Uh, Rob Palenka used to be teammates, obviously, with Juwan Howard. This is his son, who doesn't play anything like Juwan Howard because, again, he's a 6'8 shooting guard. What's funny about Jet Howard, Tommy, is the fact that when he was being recruited out of high school, he was 6'5". So he was legitimately a shooting guard. Yeah. And then he sprouted to 6'8", and this is the first season where he got to play in his 6'8 body. And the only <laughs> caveat I want to add is if he looks very unathletic and looks awkward driving it into the paint, I think it's because he's still getting used to life as a 6'8er, if that makes sense. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So Jet Howard, 38.6% catch-and-shoot threes. He has deep NBA range with an effortless release. It doesn't matter if his legs are dangling everywhere. He averaged 14 points, 2 assists, 2.8 rebounds, which is a concern, the 2.8 rebounds, 0.4 steals, 0.7 blocks, which is encouraging, 41% from the field, 37% from three, hitting 2.7 a game. So this guy, because he's 6'8", is unbothered when defenders close out on him. Shooting-wise, he can get an absolute heater. He's also a good pull-up three-point shooter, 38% as well. If you run at him, he can attack the closeout and has a really good floater, really good mid-range game. And then I think the thing that separates him from other pure shooters is the fact that he's a really good secondary ball creator and playmaker in the pick and roll. Um, So I really like Jet Howard as like that prototypical, like aesthetically pleasing and fluid shooting guard with with respect to he is not super athletic or explosive he's not going to take it all the way to the rim is he going to pull up from mid-range or three in your grill yes he is almost like a cj mccollum i think if he hadn't grown three inches tommy that would probably be his like comp like a smooth operator scorer from the three-point range and mid-range but now that he's six eight you wonder can he develop some defensive chops? He tries on defense, but that's one of his weaknesses, although 0.7 blocks kind of gives you some encouragement that he's starting to leverage his height. But he does have a weak frame right now, but I'm encouraged by the fact that this 6'8 sprouting thing is a new occurrence to him, and if he just gets in the NBA and builds up his body and combines his willingness to play defense with more, with more fundamentals given his new frame, 
I don't know, can he be the next Cam Johnson? Because coming out of college, many had questions about Cam, Cam Johnson's defensive chops and whether he was too slow on the perimeter as well. Now, the difference between Cam Johnson and Jet Howard is Cam Johnson was always a better athlete. And I don't know if Jet Howard can ever be an explosive athlete the way that Cam Johnson right. was. But can he fit that mold? Because one of the comps that I saw, and I forgot who mentioned it, but someone was like, Jed Howard is like a taller buddy healed. And I was like, oh, shit, maybe, I don't know. Or a taller Devin Booker, I don't know. I just know that Jed Howard is one of those high upside ceiling plays that if everything shakes out right, you may be getting something that you had never expected before from the offensive end. And because he's tall at 6'8", maybe also, you may also be getting somewhat of a competent defender as well, but we'll see. So this is, to me, where the Rob Palenka-Michigan connection thing is going to come in handy, potentially, if we can get like a really, really strong look at what he, what what does he project to be as a defensive player? Because offensively, Jet Howard, just to me, checks like every box, unlike some of the other prospects we've seen. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the attacking closeouts well, right? But he can hit in the mid-range. He can take the ball off pick and rolls off the dribble and just stroke it. He can hit the running floater. He has secondary playmaking upside. I think it's like a really rare offensive skill set for a guard with that size. Like, you know, you mentioned Cam Johnson. I was trying to think of another guard, and I could, for some reason, couldn't think of Cam Johnson. But, like, there's not that many guards who are 6'8". And I know he's now 6'8", so, like, maybe he slots up to a wing but I mean that gets me back into the defense right Mm -hmm. I think you know he's a coach's son obviously NBA player's son and he plays like it he plays like a really smart guy I just we we need guards and wings who can stay in front of guys on the perimeter and right now he just can't I think like you know the thing that's interesting for me is like you kind of have to ask yourself can he ever get there just because of his size like you don't know. I mean, you mentioned the lack of explosiveness. Um, he, he's not, to me, not very athletic. I mean, again, you see, you, you've mentioned some caveats to that that are interesting, and I think we have to take a look. Um, I think, like, yeah, he he does so many things right, but the lack of his athleticism um, might cap his upside mm-hmm. a little bit. I can see because of that why he's getting mocked later in the first round in some cases, some cases around us, some cases even higher, right? Um, he kind of reminds me, you got you mentioned a few guards who he's bigger than. He kind of reminds me of like a, actually like a smaller Michael Porter Jr. Um, yes, like yeah, his, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can kind of, because he he does play big. I mean, he doesn't play like a small guy, He but he's not as big as Michael Porter Jr., but I think that that sort of archetype is is a you know comparable a little bit also of like a bigger Corey Kispert when he was coming out of college um sure I know that's a random comparison but it did <laughs> sort of remind me of him um but yeah for me it's the defense if, if this kid plays when I first dug into like the uh, the highlights of Jet Howard right and his sort of his sort of scouting breakdowns he was actually my favorite player um mm. at first but the defense scares me. Um, so if if Rob and the scouts can get some comfort, have like the frank conversations with his dad and, you know, you know, look at like figure out like where they think they can project him as a defensive player. Like I would be absolutely happy if we took him at 17. Um, but it really comes down to the defense. Yeah, I 100 percent agree with you. If he can bulk up like Michael Porter Jr. and, you know, come into his own body, literally his 6'8 frame, uh, I think sky is the limit for Jet Howard. And knowing that he's a coach's son, 
Um, yeah, I don't, I don't doubt that he will turn into a well-rounded NBA player, but you know, the athleticism concerns are real. And every time I hear of three point shooters who lack athleticism, Tommy, for some reason, I always go back to Anthony Brown. Oh God, is this another Anthony Brown thing where he can't even like make a layup? But anyways, so yeah, that is Jet Howard. For our last shooting prospect, we are going to go to Duke and highlight Derek Whitehead, 18 years old. Six foot six, smooth stroking shooting guard. I guess you can maybe also categorize him as a wing. So, Derek Whitehead, interesting case here because he was the number one recruit out of high school coming into yeah. Duke. And he was, he used to be an explosive athlete who also had this beautiful stroke. Now, in between the time that he committed to Duke and actually played for Duke, he unfortunately fractured his foot and had surgery in 2021. And then he missed the first four games of the Duke season this past season with some sort of left leg strain or something. And then only recently just had another foot injury that required surgery. So just keep in mind that Derek Whitehead has had two surgeries on the same foot. And now his second surgery, which he just had recently, will take him out of play, summer league play this summer. So it it's kind of, it's a weird He's a weird prospect to evaluate because there are so many caveats, but just looking at where he came from pedigree-wise out of high school, being the number one recruit and looking at his high school tape, just being this explosive-ass athlete, there's some things there if you're willing to take a risk that you can sort of mine. And at Duke, actually, his shooting remained consistent. He averaged 8 points, 2.4 rebounds, 1 assist in only 20 minutes. 42% from the field, but 41% from three, hitting 1.5 a game. As I mentioned, he missed Duke's first four games. But at Duke, even though he did not show the same athleticism that he did in high school, likely due to the foot surgery recovery, he still was a very knockdown three-point shooter. And he has that picturesque, like straight up and down jump shooting form. And the thing I like about Derek Whitehead, outside of the fact that he's only 18 years old, is he has a pretty solid and sturdily sturdily built frame to him as a six foot six shooting guard. He kind of reminds me of a taller Lonnie Walker. Um, And if you look at his shooting form, he also kind of reminds me of a smaller Harrison Barnes, just the way that his body looks and the way that he gets that shot up. But what are your thoughts about Derek Whitehead? Because if he can put two and two together, regain his athleticism and find himself... I think his floor right now as a strict like spot-up shooter is pretty good who can make tough shots. He has a little bit of J.R. Smith to him as well because he jumps really high on these jump shots and it doesn't seem like defenders can bother him. If he can even get his athleticism back, then I think he can maybe round back into form into the high-ceiling prospect that he was coming into Duke. But there are obviously a lot of questions. So what are your thoughts on Derek Whitehead? If they get comfortable with the questions, this is like an opportunity to get a steal, in my opinion. I mean, you mentioned like how highly regarded he was coming out of high school. ESPN literally had him as like the number two guy. And the number one guy was Derek Lively. So you can kind of question how relevant that is in the modern game, right? But, you know, 6'6", 6'9", wingspan. It gives him some upside to play the two, but also the three. Um, he can do things with the ball off the dribble, you know, again, the athleticism I think is a question for me because he was recovering from the injury. So it's like, 
is that how much of that was injury? How much of that is he just doesn't have like the innate athleticism? Um, but you know, he can hit the mid range jumpers. He can take pull up jumpers off the, he can do things off the dribble. Um, he can't, he does compete defensively. He does use his length defensively. He has more defensive upside in my opinion than like jet Howard, who we just talked about. Um, but yeah, is he, is he getting underrated now almost because of his injury? I don't know, but you know, that's something the health, the uh, staff will also have to look at is are we sure that this guy can recover because if he can recover you sort of find yourself like in this you know keep in mind this like late lotto i I know we're not in the lotto but we are just hovering outside of that late lotto range that's where guys like michael porter jr have gone because like of health concerns in college despite being very very highly regarded um high school prospects so I it's hard to say that he's like definitively better than any of the guys that we've talked about just because we don't have enough like data. But if the scouts see something with this guy, like you, this could be a steal. I mean, Jed Howard Mm -hmm. was like the 40th, you know, or something prospect. Grady Dick was like the 15th prospect out all out of this high school class. Right. So like, and all of those guys are, are are mocked to go much higher than, than Whitehead. So yeah, I, I would be interested to see what they do. He, his game sort of reminds me of Karis LeVert a little bit, although like with mm-hmm. a more um, with a more like legit jump shot at this age. Yeah, I think it's funny. I think his floor comp actually might be KCP because yeah. he's shown the ability to shoot 41% from three. He does have a really good frame and strength to his body already. He competes defensively. If he can't do anything else, if he can't like yam on people, if he can't put the ball on the floor, that's okay because KCP's kind of shown you the prototype of what you need to do to stick in the NBA, right? And so if Derek Whitehead can just be that, I feel like Derek is a good in-between of you're a little bit queasy taking a high ceiling upside pick like Gigi Jackson because you're not sure what the floor is, right? And you're also queasy taking a safe floor guy like Jordan Hawkins, but you're not sure if he has any ceiling to him. Whereas Derek Whitehead is like, okay, here's his floor right now. Whatever he did at Duke, that's pretty good. But he may also have high ceiling on top of that, given, you know, his pedigree and his journey, you know, the past few years coming out of high school. So it's an interesting play and pick. So that'll do it for the shooter section of this draft. Out of all three guys that we mentioned, Tommy, who would you, who would be your guy as a shooter that you would pick? Ooh, Honestly, if I had to pick right now, knowing nothing else about health or whatever, I would go Whitehead. Ooh, interesting. Okay, I like it. I like it. I think I would pick Jet Howard just because of the offensive upside, and I'm just hoping that he rounds things into form. Yeah, like physicality-wise, he's 6'8", you know, just is a stable defender. But again, I guess with Jet Howard, you know, you are going to have to do that thing where you might have to compensate for him in other areas of your roster initially right so all right so the podcast recording technically ended right here but tommy and i actually kept talking off the cuff a little bit more about some additional nba draft prospects who may intrigue lakers fans so i'm gonna let that segment play out as well just be forewarned that the audio quality drops off a bit because at this point i'm solely relying on our backup skype recording so yeah enjoy the extra encore Lakers Legacy Podcast segment right now. 
One thing I was going to ask you, have you looked mm-hmm. at – maybe we've talked about this before and I'm just forgetting. Have you looked at this dude, Jalen Hood Skvanovich? <laughs> Jalen Hood Shafino? <laughs> yeah. I have. What do you What do you think about him? Because he well, I don't is... know. I don't know how to project him, dude. That's why I was, like, kind of curious. It's like I'm not really sure what to make of him. But he's around our range, too. I know he's not really a shooter, but – Oh, so do you know who he reminds me of, actually? Who? He reminds me of Jamal Murray and Derek White. Maybe Jamal more Derek White, maybe thing. more a Derek White because right now they're not sure if volume three-point shooting-wise he has it. But in the mid-range, his jump shot reminds me so much of Murray. Like he's very smooth jump shooter, floater, everything. He's he's kind of like Jet Howard, but he doesn't have the like resume of a volume three-point shooter yet, which is why, okay, if he doesn't have that, but everything else tells you otherwise, like the mechanics and stuff then you're looking at Derek White, right? Like, not a volume three-point shooter, but he can hit it. But then his playmaking skills and his ability to knock down shots in the mid-range, like, that's a good package in terms of, like, a shooting guard, combo guard who can do a little bit of everything. So that's who I'd kind of mock him as. So he, he is definitely an interesting prospect. I don't know if that's, like, the guy we're, you know, looking for. But it's almost like... The in-between of like, here's another D'Angelo Russell, kind of, he, except, you know, if his three-point shot comes around. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm like really curious to see what they are going to do. At first, I was like, oh, 100%, we're going to take a wing. But when I really like looked at these guys that you said, I mean, we looked at these four wings, right? So I feel like that's a pretty good sample. Like one of those four guys is probably going to be around. Um, yeah. No, we, we, we and, yeah, we have a lot of options for sure. And then so. like, yeah, yeah, one of these three guards is going to be around. I just think the guards are overall better. Another thing, by the way, that, that, um, in our range, I should say, or more, maybe they, better they is are. the wrong yeah. word, but, or NBA ready, maybe. But, mm-hmm. um, another thing that scares me about Hawkins is the fact that like, it's honestly like that, I mean, it, I, you know, I, I know I randomly use Michael Kidd Gilchrist as like another comp for another player, but like it's that Michael Kidd Gilchrist like tournament effect that happens to people where like a guy was pretty good. Like Hawkins is pretty good. I don't know if yeah. he's like in a normal draft, like a like a bear, like borderline lottery type of talent. I just feel like he has to have been sort of played up by scouts a little bit because UConn had such a good run. Um, and that's kind of what happened to Kidd Gilchrist. Like, Pre the tournament, Kid Gilchrist was mocked like very late lottery, like 10 to 14 range. And all of a sudden it's like he's going number two or whatever, like number three because of the, you know, run that Kentucky had that year. So that's kind of another thing that that makes me a little nervous about Hawkins. Who's the other guy that LeBron really liked out of UConn? Shabazz Napier? It is like Shabazz Napier too, yeah. Like a later first round. Anyway, I will say the one thing about... Jordan Hawkins that separates him from all these guys is like he has a legitimate skill surefire skill set that at the very least you know what you're getting from him it's just you're wondering is there upside there given his frame so I agree with you I think he's gotten bolstered by the UConn's NCAA championship run um but at the same time, maybe he's being fairly mocked now because he's 17 to 28. You know, he could go anywhere in that yeah, range. That's It'll true. be interesting that's if true. people will get like get him at 13, but I doubt it. So one other guy to research if you have time is Keontae George. So 
I've seen this guy mocked from like a top 10 player to all of a sudden he's slipping to like 18 and then all of a sudden he's rising back up because he used to be 225 pounds, but now he's 205. But this guy is like your, I think you'll like him. I don't want to put like guys' names into your head, but dude, this guy is like prototypical shooting guard scorer in the vein of Donovan Mitchell, Bradley Beal. When you watch him play, you're like, holy shit. In terms of like the on-ball creation upside, it, he's very he's very intriguing. I'll put it at that. So check out Keontae George if you have the time. So okay. Um, yeah, but that'll do it into our early look at the best shooters in the Lakers draft range at number 17 all the way to 30. Yeah, keep up with our draft content. The NBA draft is on June 22nd, Thursday. The Lakers have a bunch of options. They're working out guys right now. Yeah, it's an exciting time to be a Lakers fan because there are a lot of really good prospects, no matter how you shake it. So with that said, Tommy, I will catch you next time and see you at the draft. Peace. Later. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.